Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Garza. And I hope everyone is keeping themselves warm and cozy in their house. We are going through a really, really, really cold, cold uh, weekend and week now. And and so I hope everyone's doing okay. I hope everyone's staying warm. And at least when it comes to myself, I can say that it was a blessing in disguise because it forced me to stay indoors and just watch a lot of wrestling. And oh boy, we've had so much wrestling in the last week. Oh my God. Like, I'm just going to run down the amount of shows that I saw since the last show that we, he, we talked. I saw Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. I saw two New Japan Pro Wrestling shows, the New Beginnings. I saw Bloodsport 4. I saw the AEW uh, Women's uh, Tournament in Japan. I saw Noah's Return to Budokan. I saw No Surrender. I saw Tonight's Impact. And I saw Stardom from the 11th. I still need to watch DDT. I still need to watch Stardom from the 13th and the 14th. There's and Bloodsport 5 is coming up. There's been so much wrestling in the last week that I I don't know like if I hadn't been forced to just stay home and watch something, I I don't know if I I would have been able to watch all of this, but I did. And man, it's unfortunately because it's a lot of stuff that we're not going to be able to cover all in one show. Or, I mean, not thoroughly cover in one show, but I think it's worth talking a little bit about everything. Um, the only show that I guess I may be skipping is Stardom 2.11 from February 11th. That was a show that I watched because it was from the KBS Hall uh, in. Kyoto, Japan, and I love that venue. That's one of my favorite venues in the world. And so I just wanted to watch it for the venue, not necessarily for the card, but it was a good show. I would recommend go watch the Natsupoi versus Lady C match, and I would recommend go watch Julia and Micah versus Konami and Sakikashima. But that's about it. But some of the other shows I do want to cover slightly more uh in depth i don't know how much though um i guess we can go slightly chronological um because new japan is the one that that took uh place you know the furthest in the back uh this was the new japan pro wrestling the new beginning shows in hiroshima we had two shows of I, I believe they were both six match cards and this was the big ending to the new beginning tour uh they have already started the castle attack tour uh i ha i mean i haven't really seen anything noteworthy from from those shows from the road to shows but really quick for the new beginning hiroshima day one we saw Suzuki Gun, the team of El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, and Kanemaru defeat Gabriel Kidd, Jota Suji, and Juja Uemura 
the Minosuzuki versus Momura little rivalry continues. Uh, that was really the only thing worth watching in this match. We saw Bushi defeat Master Wato. Uh, this was surprising actually for me. I wasn't expecting Bushi to win. I I, I honestly figured Wato wins this match uh, and then gets into a challenge with uh, Hiromu Takahashi the next day. Uh, building towards castle attack, but it didn't happen. Bushi actually defeated Wato. Wato, in my opinion, looked uh, her whole his whole presentation started to look better, better, better. But no, he he's still not being given that many wins or anything. It's interesting how uh, New Japan usually brings people back from excursion and gives them big push. I mean, we can see it with Great Okada, we can see it in Great Okada, Hiro Takahashi. Uh, show and Joe, but Master Watas is like the first guy in a while that he came back from excursion, and you know he's showcased, but he's not actually like ranking up wins, so it's interesting. Uh, we saw the team of Chaos defeat the team of Bullet Club. This was Hiroki Goto, Okada, Ishii, Yano, and Joshihashi uh, defeating ELP, Evil, JY, Taiji Shimori, and Yuhiro Takahashi. This was chaotic. Um, it was all over the place. They're they're building like seven different uh, feuds in this match, so it was just chaotic. Uh, we had Los Ingobernables de Japón, Sanada and Naito defeat Ibushi and Honma, uh, and this was obviously building to the Sanada and Ibushi match on the next day. And then we had like the last two matches, which were the title matches. The first one was the IWGP Tag Team Title Match. This was the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and Tangaloa. Defeat the dangerous deckers Taishi and Zack Saber to retain the the championships, but this was also uh, done via DQ. I personally loved this match. Um, I know it ended with a DQ after thirty minutes, and I know a lot of people like complain because of that. To me, it made perfect sense to the story about how Tamatonga had been really pushing Taishi's. Um, buttons you know like throughout the month ever since uh tamatonga stole the iron fingers and so to me it made perfect sense uh i understand how the people who rate matches uh just saw that match and saw 30 minutes and saw dq and rage but i don't know like to me that i i followed the the storyline throughout the month it made sense if you're only jumping in to watch New Japan for the big shows, then yeah, like you're not gonna understand and you're gonna hate it. But I, I don't know. I personally loved it. Um, I, I, and like even that aside, like I thought the wrestling was great. I think Dangerous Techers has really become like a really in sync team. Tai Chi and Saber really complement each other now. And I mean, Tamatonga and Tangaloa, like they always work really, really good together. So I really enjoyed this match. And then came Hiromu Takahashi defeating Sho to retain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Uh, this match is the one that I thought was way too long. Um, like, I don't have a problem with long matches, but this one felt like it was not really going anywhere. Uh, it was mostly, like, based on striking. And so there's only just so much striking that you can do uh, until you like peak and then and these guys peaked and then they just kept striking each other and so it there's not a lot of place to go after you peaked 
on striking and and these guys just kept striking they didn't really like <clears throat> i don't know like it was until the last couple of minutes that they really started like doing their their bigger moves and so i don't know this was a match that like i was enjoying 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 and then i got to a point where i was like okay like i've been watching you guys strike each other for a long time now okay let's continue with something else let's uh, follow through or something but they just i don't know and so like this match actually kind of started losing me uh it was a great match nonetheless uh it was like a four-star match and you know uh totally worth the main event of a new beginning uh takahashi looked good uh takahashi actually looked good compared to wrestle kingdom and Cho just looked fantastic but i mean Cho usually usually looks fantastic when he has to in the main events that was the first night on the second night um the undercard we saw suzuki gun defeat gabriel kid jota sushi and yuja momura same thing now it was uh, taichi and saver and doki we have wato show and honma defeat desperado suzuki and Yoshinobu kanamaru uh like just more stuff listen governors of japan bushi hiromu takahashi and naito defeated elp taichi shimori and yuhiro takahashi because at this point uh in the previous my in the previous night uh after the hiromu defeated show elp attacked him and then bushi came down and then taiji shimori was out there too and so they agreed that elp versus hiromu takahashi is going to take place but also bushi and hiromu are going to challenge elp and taiji for the ta junior tag titles and so that's why they're starting to build up here uh we saw the bullet club uh dick togo and evil defeat i mean versus okada and yano in a double count out this was uh two minutes and then it kind of built into a singles match where okada and evil went like six more minutes and then by dq when togo just came down uh the the angle seemed really interesting because this doesn't happen usually in new japan where like a match ends and then they challenge for a, a singles match it really gave me hopes that this is where we were going to get okada versus evil in the singles and not castle attack but instead they just had this dq and we're still going to get okada versus evil at castle attack and then we had the 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 two main events the title matches we had the never open weight six-man tag team title match this was a team of goto ishii and joshihashi the champions retaining against jay white tamatonga and tangaloa this was a great match i i gave it about a also like about mm, it was like 3.3 quarters uh almost four it was a really fun match they went also like 20 like 30 minutes uh and it was just a lot of action there's obviously a lot of uh, great stuff happening with ishii and white and then joshihashi and goto versus uh, the gorillas also seems to be building up and so it was just fun it, it's surprising that we can still have good matches for these titles that had been kind of forgotten uh since last year really because they were not defended at wrestle kingdom and then at the end we had the iwgp and uh heavyweight and intercontinental title match ibushi defeating sanada also in about 27 minutes uh and this was great i i really liked it i didn't like it as much as the g1 climax finals but I thought it was good too. Uh, I thought it both Ibushi and Sonata looked fantastic. Uh, 
I, I really like Sanada, so I actually thought that Sanada looked slightly better. Uh, it was just like a really, really good match. And and that was it. Uh, I don't know. Like I kind of felt like, aside from Chingo versus Tanahashi, the whole New Beginning Tour kind of went by. And there was nothing really like super noteworthy in terms of like uh, quality. I think that like in previous years, we would usually get the palette uh, cleanser called Fantastica Mania to kind of like break the, you know, the sequence between Wrestle Kingdom and New Beginning. Like it, it New Beginnings always felt like a new beginning because you have Fantastica Mania just to cut things down and to like let you rest, let you like, you know, do, see different things. And in this time, we just kind of went straight into it, and so it we ha really haven't had like a lot of time to rest since Wrestle Kingdom, and I don't know, like these two like tours together, it just I don't know, like in my opinion, it didn't feel like super good. Uh, we'll see how Castle Attack ends up delivering. I have the full cards for for Castle Attack here with me. Um, but I don't know, like, I feel like new this particular year, New Beginning, like, kind of, like, was slightly underwhelming. Uh, obviously, there's also, like, things about building Okada versus Evil, which brought down a lot, uh, a lot of the shows. So, I don't know. But when it comes to Castle Attack, uh, these shows are happening on February 27 and 28th. Uh, these are also short shows. The for the twenty seven, we have finally Okada versus Evil, which I still think it's. Um, I I should have known because after Castle Attack we have the New Japan Cup. I was thinking that the winner of Okada versus Evil would eventually challenge uh, Ibushi, but if we have the New Japan Cup, not necessarily. Uh, we, but we do have that's the main event: Okada versus Evil. We have. Jay White versus Ishii. We have Toru Yano versus Chase Owens uh, for the KOPW 2021 trophy. Uh, we have Goto versus Tamatonga. We have Yoshihashi versus Tangaloa. And we have Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tensan, and Kojima versus the United Empire. In my opinion, this looks like a really interesting and potentially good show. Um, so Okada Evil, they tend to have good matches, and it all it will all depend on how much we see Togo inside and what does Togo actually do. Um, that's gonna depend on it. But if it just comes to like Evil and Okada wrestling, I think it's it has potential to be a great match. White versus Ishii should be an amazing match. I love these guys wrestling. Their their G1 Climax match was fantastic, and I, I can totally see them doing something even better now. Jano uh, versus Owens, it's obviously going to be comedy. So, I mean, it's just a little comedy match in between, you know, like after the intermission, it's it's okay. Goto versus Tamatonga could be interesting. Uh it's been a long time since I've seen Tamatonga wrestle singles match because remember that he took off uh, the G1 Climax last time. So it's been a while since I've seen uh, him wrestle singles. So him and Goto could have a great match if 
Tamatonga wants to like have his working boots on. Uh, we have Yoshihashi and Tangaloa. This could be interesting. Uh, both guys are not usually known for just uh, being uh, doing a lot of. Well, I guess Yoshihashi does, but like Tangaloa is not known for doing doing a lot of single stuff. But we'll see how this match goes by. Uh, it could be like a sleeper because I mean Yoshihashi has been working hard, and Tangaloa is is really good. He just doesn't really do much stuff in singles competition. And then Tanahashi and, and, and Tenkosi versus United Empire like just looks awesome. Um you know Kojima versus Osprey was awesome. Tanahashi versus Khan was good. But then you have Kojima versus Kov, fuck yeah. Tanahashi versus Kov, fuck yeah. Tanahashi versus Osprey. That's always awesome. So you know it's all good. Um uh, and then on the night two of Castle Attack, that's February the twenty-eighth, uh we have Kota Ibushi defending only the Intercontinental Championship against Naito. The story here is that for some ever since he won the titles, Ibushi wants to unify the heavyweight and the intercontinental titles to just have one. Uh and Naito as the ultimate antagonist of the universe. He wants to only win the Intercontinental Championship to to like pretty much kill uh, Ibushi's plans and to save the Intercontinental title. So he's just being a troll at this point. He's not trying to win titles. He's just trying to be a troll and, and mess with Ibushi. Uh, we have Hiromu Takahashi defending against El Phantasmo. That's for the junior heavyweight. Uh, we have the Openweight Champion Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the Great Okan. This was built uh, back in Nagoya. Then we have the Tag Team Champions, the Guerrillas of Destiny, defending against Goto and Yoshihashi, which could be good. I mean, obviously, I wish it was Goto and Ishii, but I mean, I, I'm not going to complain over Goto and Yoshihashi. Uh, and then we have the last two, like the openers. We have Okada, Ishii, and Yano versus Ibo, Jay White, and Jay Owens. And we have Tencent and Kojima versus Osprey and Cobb. So, arguably a weaker card on the second night, uh, in my opinion, at least for my preferences. But I don't know. Like, I think these cards have potential to be to give us some good matches. Uh, they they don't seem like super like legendary cards either. I understandable. But I don't know. I, I see some good names here, some interesting pair ups that I am totally down to watch. Um, there's a couple of matches that I am actually really hyped to watch. So by all means, I, I think it's going to be good. Uh, and yeah, like the, the tour has already started. Um, the only noteworthy thing was that we saw the debut of a new young lion uh, in in the promotion and he unfortunately got injured in his very first match uh i feel bad for the guy uh he was wrestling uh Jujo Wemura. his name is juto nakashima and yeah he he dislocated I, I believe he dislocated his elbow um and and that was it and it was just like really quick so i don't know hopefully he gets uh, you know healthy soon and can come back because I mean you don't want to if, if you're barely making your debut you don't want to like spend more time having to rest and stuff like that so hopefully he gets he heals uh, up soon uh, 
that was it for the New Japan uh, lineup. Mm. Staying also in Japan, we have really quick the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling Positive Chain Show. This was from the 11th of February, so slightly a week, uh, yeah, like a week ago. This was Karakan Hall, <clears throat> and this was uh, their biggest show they had since uh, January 4th. This is the show that they build up ever since, mm, really quickly. We started with Haruna Neko and Pom Harajuku defeating Marika Kobayashi, Kobashi and Moka Miyamoto. This wasn't so good. Uh, Neko and Harajuku were just... <clears throat> uh, they were just wrestling kind of slow and, and, and weak. Like, not bad, not botching, but it just looks slow and weak. We had Nao Kakuta, Raku, and Yuna Manase defeating... The team of Hirakinoa, Hikarinoa, Mahiro Kiryu, and Sina Shiori. This was also okay. Um, nothing really special. I'm not a big fan of Raku. <laughs> so whenever she's in there, she tends to like... Like her gimmick is that she's like narcoleptic. And she also has the power to make me to go to sleep. Uh, but it's okay. It's the second match of the night. It's, it's usually like the comedy match. It's okay. Then we have a surprisingly awesome match. Uh, this was the Magical Sugar Rabbits, Mizuki and Yuka Sakasaki, defeating the two rookies of the promotion, Arisu Endo and Susume. This was actually really fucking awesome. Because uh, <clears throat> the, the difference between experience made it so that anything that Arisu Endo and Susume did uh, in the offensive like part of the match the it made it look like extra special because they were actually hurting yuka and mizuki and on the other side when you saw uh yuka and mizuki like you know attack endo and susume and not being able to pin them quickly it made the the rookies look fantastic this was just like an awesome awesome match like it's not like a, a five star or anything like that um but it was a really really good match considering the obviously the the disparity between experience and just the fact that like the three youngest or not youngest like the three newest members of the roster are Arisu Endo, Susume, and Moka Miyamoto, and in this case you had two of them, and so pff, I, it shouldn't be this good, but it was so fucking good. <laughs> uh, then we have the the. Weird team of Makito and Miyu Yamashita defeat the Neo Bishiki Goon team of Sakisama and Mei Saint Michelle. This was also fucking awesome, uh, especially because of Mei. She, her, she is just like an explosion of energy and happiness. And in this case, with the Neo Bishiki, Bishiki Goon, her acting is on just like a whole other level that you don't see in many wrestlers whether they're experienced or not like it's crazy to believe that may is only like two years into wrestling um that that's that's why people are like they say she's a prodigy but like you see matches like this and you're like yeah uh it's not just like a, like a, a comment out there thrown into the sky she she may as well be a fucking prodigy she is fantastic uh, and I, and I, I, I know her from from Gato Move, obviously, but 
just seeing her act as May Saint Michel is so so awesome. I I love what she's doing right now. And and on the other side you have Ito and Yamashita who are just amazing wrestlers. Well, I mean Yamashita's an amazing wrestler, Ito's an amazing character. And and no like this match was just like super super fun. Um, they did a lot with May versus Ito, and then they they did some stuff with Sakisama versus Yamashita. Um, but yes, like that this oh man, like this show is totally worth your way out of like just go watch the show. Um We we are in the fourth match and I already recommended two match like super highly. And then we have Juki Kamifuku defeating uh, Mirai Mayumi for the international princess title. Uh, she defended, uh, defeated, um, defeated and retained the title. Uh, this wasn't as good. Um, so, it, like in my opinion, this was weaker than the two previous matches. But I have seen people who believe that this was actually better. I, I thought it was actually one of the better Kamifuku matches. Um, Mirai really brought a lot of, out of her because Mirai, what she has going on for her is that she's slightly like one of the powerhouses of the promotion, and Kamifuku, like, like really was able to do a lot because she is like she has to wrestle from underneath and she has to wrestle slightly heelish and. You know, th this match allowed them to go like not back and forward, but like actually kind of like go into the match and do a lot of stuff on both sides. So I, I thought this was uh, really, really, it was good. It was really fun. Uh, I, I'm a big, big fan of Mirai. Uh, her style is so different from everyone else in the promotion. So it was fun. Uh, I just didn't think it was like as fun as the previous two matches, but still a good match. Uh, we had the Bakuretsu sisters, uh, Nodoka Tenma and Juki Ainu, uh, defending their title against the Hyper Misao and Shin Ultra Shoko, which is Choko Nakajima, uh, Alter Persona, since she lost the renaming match against Misao on January the 4th. I, 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 I would say that this was the weakest Bakuretsu sisters match that I've seen in a long time, probably ever. Um, but it wasn't bad. It it just happened to be like a lot of comedy, and in the case of Hyper Misao, like Misao is not exactly like a super wrestler, and so it really just came down to like when Choco was in there that brought up the work rate, but then Misao brought up the entertainment rate, and it was fun. Um. Uh, like the team of me of Hyper Misao and Chin Ultra Choco is a fun uh kind of like project idea concept but it's definitely not something that you want to see forever because Choco Nakajima the kaiju is better than Chin Ultra Choco but this is like a good idea that you can bring back every other year and have like a little program and make something fun out of it i enjoyed it um, but yeah, like this was arguably slightly weaker than some of the other matches. And then we have the main event, the princess of princess title match. This was the white dragon, Rika Tatsumi defending and defeating Miu Watanabe, her, uh, tag team partner in, um, 
well, I mean, they were the former tag team champions. Uh, this was about 20 minutes, and it was really good. I This was a big test for both women. This is Tatsumi's first main event as the champion in a singles match uh, defending. This is Miyu Watanabe's first just straight-up singles main event in the promotion. And so... Uh, in Korwaken, actually, actually, I think I don't know if if it's the whole promotion, but for sure Korwaken, and so they they had a lot of like to show off. I I really really enjoyed both women's uh, work. I I'm really warming up on Watanabe. The more I see of her, especially in a singles uh, environment, her I don't know like her style kind of like it's hard to really like pinpoint who she reminds me of but she's kind of like slightly uh stiff and aggressive but also like just full of happiness and love and so it's kind of weird to like make the comparison to anyone else but her wrestling style looks really good she's a fantastic seller um and rika tatsumi is like she's great uh there's a reason why she's a champion uh, I think her Tatsumi's matches are similar to Bakuretsu sisters where they start and they take a while to really hit that second gear, but they eventually do to hit the second gear and the match like just becomes pretty good. Um, so I, I think it's just like a matter of both of them getting more experience, Tatsumi getting more comfortable as a champion, being on top and, and main eventing shows, carrying people. And, and Watanabe, I think, is as long as she wants, uh, she has a big, I think she has a lot of potential and a big future if she just wants to keep on wrestling and training and learning and getting more experience. But uh, this was Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling's Positive Chain from the 11th. Uh, totally recommend this show. Uh, go watch the Magical Shooter Rabbits match and the Maki to Janashita match. And for that matter, go watch the Kamiyu versus Mirai match and the Tatsumi versus Watanabe match. Like those are four matches out of uh, seven matches that I totally recommend. Go watch. This was super super fun. Um, I don't know. Like Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling right now are is just a promotion that always leaves me with a smile in my face. Uh, let's see. Also in Japan. Oh man, it's time we talk about this. Yes, Keiji Muto defeated Go Shiosaki to win the GHC Heavyweight Championship. Shiosaki's fantastic, amazing five-star title reign is over so that old man Muto can claim to be one of only three men in history that had captured the GAC, the IWGP, and the Triple Crown Champion Chips. Now there's been Gensuke Sasaki and Jo Takayama. Yoshihiro Takayama. But yeah, Noah Destination 2021 back to Budokan happened on the 12th. This was Noah's big um, moment that they finally returned to Nippon Budokan after I I think like four years or so. Um it's been a while. 
they did about 4,000 people. So I guess I can't complain. Uh, I mean, it seems like Muto still sells tickets, but it happened. Um, this was a, a long show. It was, I think it was so long that Noah had to cut it in two shows, uh, for pandemic reasons. And what they showed on a Bima actually was only the title matches or the, well, not the title, like the last five matches, four of which were title matches. And the other four matches had to be shown uh, separately. I, by the time that I came to the show, I had already like everything was together. So I didn't even notice it until like I read about it later. Uh, but it was a long show. Uh, this was a show that I guess the theme is old people versus new people. But then again, there's there was like way more old people than new people. Um, going from the bottom, we can see Akitoshi Saito defeat Kinya Okada. This was just, you know, the older guy and the, the young student. Uh, Atsushi Kotoge, Daiki Inaba and Yasutaka Yano defeated the full throttle, the team of Hajime Ohara. Yohei and Kai Fujimura. Uh, I guess the only interesting thing here is that Atsushi Kotoge was one of the founders of Full Throttle and now he's wrestling against two of, of those guys. Um, that was it. Then we saw M's Alliance, the team of Masaki Mochizuki and Masato Tanaka defeat the team of Mohamed Yone and Shuhei Taniguchi. Uh, this was, this had, well, the problem here is that Mochizuki and Tanaka are both amazing. On the other team, Yano, I mean, Jone and uh, Taniguchi are not necessarily as, as great. I think uh, versus any other team, this could have been like a really decent uh, tag team match with Mochizuki and Tanaka on, on one side. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I personally would have loved to see, I, like, instead of. Uh, Yone and Taniguchi maybe like do that full throttle in this one something like that like make it Mochizuki and Tanaka versus two younger guys and then we have like a 12-man tag team match where Sugiragan defeated Kongo uh, this was Murakami, Sakuraba, Fujita, Kendo Kashin, Nosawa and Sugiura on the one team Defeating uh, the team of Hao, Katsuchiko Nakajima, Manabu Soya, Masaki Tamiya, Nio, and Tadasuke uh, on the Congo team. This was, man, it wasn't as good. It's way too many people for only 10 minutes. Uh, but they, they still managed to get some stuff in. Uh, they're building to Nakajima and Kitamiya versus Sakurawa and Sugura. So they did some stuff there. They, they're still like playing around with Nakajima versus Murakami. Uh, they did some stuff with Kendo Kashin still being like a, a total like fluke of a guy, even though he seems to be going after Kano next. Uh, Fujita was in the match for like legit, maybe like for 20 seconds. <laughs> he didn't do much, but he, he, he clashed with Soya, which is a match that I still want to see. I want to see a Fujita versus Soya match. Uh, that was it. Like, I don't even remember Nosawa doing anything special. Uh, just being there, booking himself into a match. But yeah, like, in my opinion, this was just like way too many people for such a short time. Um, but I don't know. 
uh this also kind of like made me sad that nakajima of all guys is just like in the 12-man match not even in the the big part of the show it, it made me sad because nakajima in my opinion was the guy that next to shosaki like held noah high through 2020 because uh, he was like the big evil he once he turned on on shosaki that's when it really started to to make news the noah and i don't know now he's like in 12 man matches at budokan but anyway whatever uh into the title matches we had the gac junior heavyweight tag team match with this uh this was stinger uh the team of hayata and ogawa Yoshinari ogawa defeat ikuto hidaka and kotaro suzuki i am not a fan of ogawa in the like i don't i don't like the guy i find him incredibly boring um you know a lot of people can compare him to negro casas i love negro casas but ogawa i find him incredibly boring uh he's i mean he's a fantastic wrestler i just find him a boring and so this was 13 minutes and i don't know i i, I thought that this should have been more hayata because like ogawa hidaka and suzuki are both considerably old people um and the match really just came down to Ogawa and Suzuki for the most part. Uh, the finish was super weak. It was Ogawa getting a pin with uh, on Suzuki with, it seemed like I think it was just like leg scissors, so super weak. I was I I don't know I didn't like this match, um, but then we had the JAC Junior Heavyweight Title Match where Seiki Joshioka defeated Daisuke Harada uh, to win the championship. This was actually really fucking awesome. This is a match that deserved the time that the previous match had or some other matches that we're going to talk in the main event. But this was just awesome. It was like a sprint. It was just like action packed, a lot of striking, some like suplexes, just like awesome, awesome looking wrestling. And Yoshioka just looked great. Um, you know, this, this this match had me really, really happy with the show at this point. Um, we had Kaito Kiyomiya and Yoshiki Namura defeat Juna Kiyama and Naomichi Marufuji. This was also really fucking good. This was arguably actually my favorite match of the night. Um, I, it was a really interesting uh, like dynamic they did because Akiyama was schooling the kids uh, on the mat and then... Marufuji was kind of like doing more of the striking, obviously. I would have liked this match to have a couple of more minutes to like explore more Marufuji doing striking versus both Kiyomiya and Anamura, but uh, they only got 18 minutes, which I guess is, it should, it's enough. <laughs> but uh, I really enjoyed this. The stuff with Inamura and Akijama was awesome. The stuff with Marufuji and Kiyomiya for the end was great. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more Akiyama and Inamura later in the future uh, in a singles match, actually. Uh, and Kiyomiya got the win because he will be going after the, the champion next. And so he got a, a big win over Marufuji, who is a well-established guy. And Akiyama obviously wasn't going to take the pin because he's still, at this point, about to wrestle Tatsuya Endo for DDT. So he, he obviously didn't take the pin. And, and it wouldn't really make sense uh, to pin Akiyama in this sense. I mean, Marufuji is just perfectly okay to be pinned. Uh, 
But this was my favorite match of the night. Uh, and then we had the GAC national title match with Keno defeating Masakatsu Funaki, the legend Masakatsu Funaki, uh, who still looks fantastic. He's in great shape. Uh, the match was only 10 minutes. It was actually quite short. This was more of a like a worked MMA match. Uh, they did a lot of like mat work and then they did some striking. And at the end, Keno uh, just pretty much got Funaki down and, and got the win. Um, I like it was a good match, uh, but I don't know. I, I it kind of felt underwhelming uh, for Keno. Like I don't know. Like um, that that was like big problem with this show. Like. I want to see uh, Nakajima, Keno, Shusaki, uh, Kiyomiya, Inamura, even Marifuji, you know, be the guys like all over the place. Instead, the, the show felt like putting a bunch of older people over, even, even if like Keno defeated Funaki, like it just kind of felt like, I mean, he won, but it's still a show about old people. Uh, I mean, we even had that Muchisuki and Tanaka versus Jonah and Taniguchi match, which are just two teams of two old people. And and that was a big problem with the show for me. Uh, and I mean, that takes us to the main event where Keiji Muto, uh, 58-year-old Keiji Muto, defeated Go Shiyosaki in 30 minutes to win the title. This was... like. The match was okay. It wasn't bad. It was actually better than I expected. But I I am I am of the boat of why did we have to take the title off Shiosaki for Muto? Uh I, I mean we have to believe that at this point Muto is going to be just a transitional champion. Uh I hope so, because he's going against Hiyomiya again. And he already has a win over Kiyomiya. And if Kiyomiya loses another match against Muto, fuck, like that kid may as well just leave the promotion and be a young lion or something. But uh, I don't know. Like, I am I am in the boat. Like, why do we need to, like, I mean, we know why. It's because Nosawa Rongai uh, just loves Muto. He wants to be his friend. And he's sucking up to him by giving him this, like, this mark in his resume that at this point doesn't really matter. But now, like I said, like Muto can now say he has won all the titles in Japan. And so it just feels like a title change based on nepotism and not necessarily what is good for the promotion. I like I I won't say that Muto doesn't draw. I mean he obviously draw. I don't know how he's going to draw on the next shows. Um but I, I mean I'm sure that he's not gonna be able to perform at a really high level like Shiosaki did for sure. I mean he wasn't even able to perform at a high level here. Um so it like this is a match versus Shiosaki, but how is Muto going to perform against someone like Yomiya or Keno or Sugura, you know? Is he gonna be able to to have like the legendary matches that Shiosaki was having last year? And I think this is one where it feels like Noah's shooting themselves in the foot because people started to notice Noah last year, 
because Shosaki was having legendary matches, not for any other reason. Like, if if people heard of Noah last year, I argue that they started hearing when Nakajima betrayed Shosaki, and then we started hearing about the Shosaki matches, and so you just kind of like took yourself out of that game because. I mean, Shosaki is going to still have great matches, but he may not have five-star matches if they're not for a title or in the main event, uh, just because he may not even get the time to do them. And so, I don't know. It just feels like, like to me, it feels like a bad move. Um, Muto versus Kiyomiya is already booked for March, which it's weird because it feels really soon. And that makes me that worries me that it's too soon for Muto to lose the title, but I have to imagine that Kiyomiya wins the title for Muto. Like, there's no point in in giving Muto a title more than a month. He already has the little notches on his on his belt, on his resume, on Wikipedia. Just take the title off, put it on Kiyomiya, and let's continue. Yori fucked up. Like, in my opinion, the the if Kiyomiya had defeated Shosaki, that would have put over Kiyomiya like way much more than defeating 50-year-old aged uh, Muto. Uh, yeah, like I don't feel anything special from beating Muto. And so, I don't know. Like, But I mean, what's done, it's done. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. I guess we can also mention that they changed the title and it looks like shit. It looks like a XFL team. I personally loved the previous logo. Um, the new one just looks, it looks like shit. Honestly, I'm sorry. Like a lot of people like, Oh yeah, Misawa green is back. Like, honestly, I don't give a fuck what colors Noah wants to be. I don't care if it's a uh, green or red or wider or yellow. Uh, but I don't know. Like this logo looks terrible. Like I said, it looks like an XFL team. Uh, that is that is not a logo that I am proud of. Uh, oh man, yeah, and it, it's something weird because Noah every other, like every other two years or so, they tend to have like a little identity crisis where, like. Some years back, it was like, let's put the title on Kiyomiya and and Keno, and let's let's push the young guys, and you know, like let's build our, our young guys. And then a couple of months later, it's like, no, let's let's go back to all like all the older people, you know, Sugura and and Marafuji and those guys. Uh, because Misawa Green, let's uh, history, and then they had like another identity crisis. Like, no, 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 let's change the logo to something fresh. Let's push Kano. Let's put Nakajima. Let's go for Chosaki. You know, let's let's build up. You know, the young guys again, and then Nosawa starts booking, and once again we have this identity crisis. Like, no, no, history, and Muto, and Murakami. And fucking Akijama <laughs> and Funaki, and it's like fuck, like it's so hard 
to get sometimes into Noah when they keep changing the their like overall direction so often it's incredibly annoying sometimes because uh, like just like yesterday it was incredibly I mean yesterday last year it was really really annoying to get so much into Nakajima and now Nakajima's not doing anything like if you ask me Nakajima would be the perfect guy to take the title from Muto uh, they already book Yomiya. Let's go with Yomiya. I don't care. But Nakajima should be the guy taking the title. He should be. He should have been the champion uh, after Chosaki, after betraying him. But we are where we are because Nosawa Rongai likes to hang out with old people. But that is it for Japan in this case. Um... Uh, the only other show that I maybe that I want to talk about really quick, not necessarily like cover it, but I watched uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 4. Uh, this was this took place on the 13th. Uh, we saw really quick Diego Perez defeat Gil Guardado. We saw Calder McCall defeat Royce Isaacs. We saw Super Beast. My I am super into Super Beast right now. Uh, defeat Bad Dude Tito. We saw J.R. Kratos defeat Alex Coughlin. We saw Cal Jack defeat Nolan Edward. Filthy Tom Lawler defeated Simon Green. Uh, Debbie Boy Smith Jr. De- defeated Calvin Tankman. And in the main event, Jeff Koff defeated the Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson. This was... Uh, like, the show itself was really different from previous Bloodsports. They don't have fans anymore, obviously. But they did kind of like they put some effort into the whole presentation. Um, they're fighting like in a little like underground type looking place. It looks cool. Uh, the only bad thing is that without fans, it just feels like we're watching sparring matches uh, and not actually like fights. And so that it, it does kind of need fans in my opinion to make it feel you know, kind of like the the original Bloodsport, or at least have the the fighters or someone. I don't know, uh, but I don't know. Like it seems like they're trying to to improve the 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 product, and I get the impression that they want to start doing more Bloodsport shows uh, more often. Maybe similar to like I don't know, like a promotion like Shine or Shimmer that does several shows every other month. And so you start building up, you know, th- your history. And if that is the case, that has so much potential to do storylines and character development based on a blood support type of promotion. Uh, there's a lot of potential. But it was a, a, a fun show. It was actually quite a short. So it's, I mean, I totally recommend just go watch it. Uh, there's a lot of guys that I was really impressed with. Uh, Collar McCall is one Super Beast is one Obviously Alex, Co- Alex Coughlin Is fantastic uh, Nolan Edward Is a young short Guy But and I mean he lost by TKO Against Cal Jack who's a huge dude I want to see Nolan Edward fight someone smaller Maybe like an Alex Coughlin or a Lawler um, But yeah the, the main event was also pretty it was okay, the main event. Uh, wasn't my favorite match, I don't think so. But um, Jeff Cobb looked good. Dickinson looked fantastic. And they already announced a lineup for Josh Barnett's uh, Bloodsport number 5. 
This will be main evented by Moxley versus Davey Boy Smith Jr. Uh, we're going to have Jeff Cock versus Tom Lawler. J.R. Kratos versus Chris Dickinson. Rocky Romero uh, versus Simon Green. Alex Coughlin versus Roy Isaacs. Cal Jack versus the Super Beast. Calvin Tankman versus Nolan Edward. And Bad Dude Tito versus Calder McCall. So it looks like a strong um, lineup. Um, actually, stronger than the, the number four, if you ask me. So that should be good. That's taking place on the 20th, so this weekend. So more and more wrestling. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much like most of the shows that I watched. Uh, there's one, one more show that we need to talk about. But for that show... Let's take it really quick to the Impact Traffic Report. Welcome everyone to Impact Wrestling! Impact Wrestling not only had their show uh, tonight that I signed recording, but they also had No Surrender on Saturday, uh, February the 13th. This was, like, this was, in my opinion, not a big show, even in terms of Impact Plus specials. But it was built. Uh, it had some stuff. Um, really quickly, we can go through the card. Triple uh, XL and Tennille Dashwood lost to Decay. This was the, the big, arguably proper in-ring debut of Black Taurus. Uh, teaming up with Crazy Steve and Rosemary. Um... The match was okay. I, I gave it about two and a half stars. Uh, Taurus looked good, but, you know, that's as, as, as much as we can say. Steve looked good, okay, too. Like, I'm not going to complain. Uh, we saw Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona defeat. Uh, no, also lost to Brian Myers and Hernandez. Uh, in this case, Myers pinned Cardona, if I'm not mistaken. Um... This was actually really good. Uh, four guys are pretty good guys. I mean, pretty good wrestlers when, when they really try. This was arguably the best I've seen from Hernandez and Cardona in a long time. Uh, and Myers has been pretty good as of late. Edwards, if he's doing actual wrestling, he can be really good. So I, I think I think right now, like, Edwards and Myers have found, like, a really good place uh, for them. And, you know, like, they're they're helping Cardona and Hernandez look better than they are. So good stuff. Um, this I gave three stars. I thought it was, I thought it was a good, good match. It was short though. Uh, we saw Jake something, uh, defeat Diener. Um, this was okay. Uh, the, the purpose of this match was to showcase Jake something. And so he looked okay, but, uh, he was like a powerhouse. But he was like pretty much going one against three, because uh, Eric Young and Joe Doreen kept interfering. Uh, but I I thought Jake something looked good. Uh, he has new look. He has a new theme song, and and so it it helped. Um, but yeah, like I wish, I wish we could get just like a one on one with Jake something where he actually gets to like showcase more because in this case he had to sell a lot and so i think we need to see like just one match where he doesn't um we are gonna go into the impact episode later to, uh in a, in a little bit where for next week we are going to be getting jake something versus Diener in a tables match 
And so Diener said that Young and Doring are not going to be out there. I mean, obviously we don't know. But if that is the case, that has the potential to be uh, good. And that is a match that's that something can lose uh, because it's a tables match. It just it takes like a bad fall and you lose. Uh, but that is a match that does allow Jake something to show something. We had the X Division number one contendership triple threat revolver match. So the rules of the match was that it's a three way. And every time someone gets eliminated, someone else takes their place. And so into the last three where it becomes sudden death. This this actually was really fun. Uh, we saw Josh Alexander win the whole thing. He pinned uh, he pinned a sausting, if I'm not mistaken. And the last three guys were him, uh, Josh Alexander, Ace Austin, and Trey McGill. Uh, Chris Bay was great when he was in, as well as, uh, I mean, yeah, Blake Christian, kind of. Uh, Suicide, Daivari, and Willie Mack just kind of like were in there for, for to make, to fill her up. But, I mean, they, they performed to their, to what they had to do, and they looked good. But when it came to the last three, Trey Miguel, Alexander, and Austin, the match was just awesome. Uh, it felt like super old school exhibition in terms of different styles clashing in a fast pace, a lot of counters, a lot of like three person spots. It was just great. Uh, Alexander won via submission with an ankle lock and he he earned a title shot against the winner of TJP and Rohi Raju, which we're going to see in a little bit. But yeah, this match was totally awesome. Uh, both exhibition matches in the show, spoilers, were fucking awesome. Totally worth out of your way to see. Uh, next up, we had the Impact Knockout Stack Team title match. This was a Texas Tornado match. Fire and Flavor, the team of Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, defeating the team of Havoc and Nevaeh. This, so, this was weak, but at the same time, it was better than it should have. I've seen these two teams like wrestle one way or another for many, 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 many months. Um, ever since, man, I don't even remember one, but like ever since before uh, the whole Taya and Rosemary wrestle house thing, like around those that that time, these two teams have been going at each other. And so at this point, I was like, another match. But then they made it Texas Tornado, and that kind of made the match different. Uh, but it also, unfortunately, kind of like took away some of the greatness from Hogan and Steels because that team, like their forte is to do like uh, to cut someone, in, like cut the ring in half and cut someone away. And that's when they really, really look good. And in this case, they obviously didn't have that. But the match was short, it was chaotic, it was all over the place, and that really hid some of the issues that they tend to have. And and so it was a good, fun, short sprint of a match. It was chaotic. I gave it like two stars, two and a half. Um, but uh, I don't know, like I enjoyed it. Uh, it was just like chaotic. Uh, we had the X Division title match with uh, TJP defending against Rohi Raju. This was fucking awesome. This was uh, the match of the night, in my opinion. 
Uh, both guys were just fantastic. The the story here was that both guys at this point, they've been feuding for months, so they know each other pretty well. And so it was just a lot of countering and reversals from both guys. And it wasn't like TJP uh, wasn't being really successful in his, in his style, so he had to change. And then Rohit also like kind of changed because he, he couldn't keep a TJP down for the three count. And, and so like they started crossing styles and eventually came down to TJP hitting the Mamba splash for the win. This this was uh, just awesome, like really back and forward, great wrestling. Uh, TJP sold really good uh, because he was like he got heat early in, in earlier in the match. And that was it. Mahalali Shira obviously interfered, but it wasn't like in a bad way. He actually he actually didn't do much, which was good. Uh, but when he when he interfered, it was worth it. It was it actually helped the match. But yeah, that, this was the match of the night. This is the match that I totally recommend you go out of your way to watch. Um, I mean, there's not much to say. That J- TJP right now, as an idiot as he is in real life, he has been on a fucking like run of good matches as of late. Uh, you, you just can't say that he's not a good wrestler because he's fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, we had the team of Jazz, Jordan Grace, and ODB defeat the team of Diana Parasso, Kimberly, and Susan. This came when ODB uh pinned Su- no Jazz pinned uh Susan. Actually, not a pin. It was a submission. Uh, we're in STF on Susan. The match was any like it was a nothing match really. Um, it was also like it, this was like your quintessential tag match where Jordan Grace got cut off, uh, ODB got the hot tag, and then they went into like a little everything breaks down tornado tag stuff, and then at the end they just leave the last two women in the ring. In this case, Jess and Susan for the finish. Um, nothing match, uh, but. The, the two things that I notice here is one, I really enjoy Susan in this character. Well, the character is good, but like the wrestling looks so much different now that she doesn't have to be thinking about looking spooky as Su Young or looking like a young girl, like a, a kid as Susie. Like Susan just like straight up wrestles and it's fun. Um, and the other thing is that Jazz getting the win on Susan. Uh, I thought they were going to build to Jazz versus Parasso. It may still. But for the time being, it seems like they're going to build into Jazz and Jordan Grace versus Kimberly and Susan for the number one contendership of Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. So I think that's going to be Jazz and Jordan Grace. If that is the case... I wouldn't be surprised if we see Parasa and ODV for the title at whatever Impact Plus special comes up next. Um, but at this point, we do need to start finding a challenger for Diana Parasa. Uh We are not that far away from Rebellion. We have to start thinking about what's going to happen uh, for the title. Because... I don't think it should be either Grace, ODV, or Jazz at Rebellion. I think there should be someone else better out there, hopefully, maybe. I don't know. But um, 
if it has to be between these three, I guess Jazz. <laughs> uh, Jazz versus Parasso. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, but yeah, like so far, that seems to be like the direction right now. The match, like I said, it was okay. I gave it three, no, uh, yeah, like three stars, two and three and three quarters. Uh, but it was, yeah, like really nothing special. If you've seen a attack match, this was like any others. And talking about tag team wrestling, we had the Impact World Tag Team Title three way match with the Good Brothers uh, retaining against Private Party from AW and Beer Guns, that being Chris Saban and James Storm. This was another. This was okay. This was good. I'm not gonna say it wasn't. It was a like a three and a half stars match. Um, the the action was good. I just, I personally, I don't give a fuck about Private Party. I, I. I don't care for them. Uh, you know, they, they're exciting, but I've also seen, I don't know, like many, many, many other tag teams in the world do high spots. Uh, you know, like even in AW, you, you already have, you know, uh, Jack Evans and Angelico who are better wrestlers. You have uh, Top Air Flight or whatever their name is, Top Guns. No, that's another team. Uh, you know the, the new guys who are more impressive the bucks so i'm not impressed by private party that much to be honest uh and i'm also not like super super like excited about the group brothers i i don't know <laughs> so like this have three teams that i have not invested in because even the beer guns like i love the mercy machine guns i love beer money but beer guns are not exactly like something that I'm excited for. It just feels like filler until Alex Shelley can can come back to work. Uh, and will come back to wrestling because he's actually working in his real life. And so, uh, I don't know, like the match was good, but it just wasn't super excited. Uh, the match saw both Saban and Quinn be baby faces in parallel at separate points. Saban was to private party and then Quinn was to the Booger Brothers. At the end, it was just like the usual chaos. It came down to uh, Mark Quinn and James Storm. Uh, Matt Hardy interfered, uh, hitting the, a twist of fate on James Storm, leaving it to Quinn to hit the shooting star press. And as he went for the shooting star press, Carl Anderson blind tagged himself in and stole the pin. Uh, which was actually like the the finish that I expected. Not not the the blind tag, but I expected the group brothers to retain. I didn't see any point in, in giving the titles to private party. If you're gonna give the titles to AW, you may as well just give them to the Bucks. And there's no way the beer guns are taking are winning titles. I think they're just here as filler at this point. Uh, you know, older guys putting people over. And, and so I don't know. Like it was a good match. I just didn't really care much for it. And at the end of the show, we had Rich Swan defeat Tommy Dreamer. This was Dreamer's 50th birthday. So it was like the whole thing about giving Dreamer a match. I didn't think the match was particularly good in terms of wrestling, but it told a good story. Uh, the story being that Dreamer, this is the one and only chance he gets at the title. And he'll, so, so like he was going to go all out to try and, and, and win the title. Uh, he even told Swan, like, I know your weaknesses. I know your bad leg. I'm going to go after it. And so when the match started, Dreamer kind of like, uh, sh like worked, dislocated his finger. And so that became Swan's target throughout the match. And they just like, when they had like some 
they had some near falls at the end that they would have been good near falls if we knew that there was no way Dreamer was going to win the title because he hit the Spicoli driver and you're like, holy shit, Spicoli driver. But, uh, I mean, we all knew that Dreamer was not going to win the title. Uh, after the match, Moose attacked him uh, because Moose, because he's the rifle, he's the rifle champion. <laughs> he should be the champion. And the big news from the show was that at the end, we saw a big net for Finn Juice, New Japan's Juice Robinson and David Finley that came to impact. And when it talks about coming to impact, that, that's uh, the, this week's episode. Uh, before we start into the episode, I just got to say like the I thought the show was okay. Uh, the two exhibition matches were fantastic and worth watching. Aside from that, I think it's a skippable show. Um, yeah, like through and through, I think exhibition stuff aside, it's a skippable show. If you want to see Jake something or Black Taurus, I mean, by all means, go watch them. They're short matches. But yeah, like I, I would skip the show. Just go watch TJP versus Rohit, in my opinion, and the, the triple threat revolver match. And that's it. Uh, but let's get into the show from uh, today as I am recording. It is February the 16th. The show opened with the exhibition champion TJP <sighs> defeating Josh Alexander. And I sigh because, oh man, I hate to see this just quickly go be over. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I, I kind of know what's going to happen. I just don't know what direction the title is actually going to go. But uh, when Alexander won at, at No Surrender, I was like incredibly happy. I figured, oh man, we're going to get like a TJP Josh Alexander program. I don't, just don't know how long it's going to go. This match was also fucking awesome. <laughs> that is pretty much back-to-back. -back. TJP just having banger matches. Uh, I fucking hate it, but he is so fucking good. Uh, this was just like a bunch of submission work and counters and reversals. And Alexander's like fucking awesome. And so, again, uh, this match is totally worth out of your way to watch. TJP versus Alexander. Uh, and TJP defeated. Uh, he retained the title. Um, he did it via detonation kick and Mamba Splash combo for the win. Uh, we had Gia Miller interview Dreamer, who was coming out of uh, Scott Demore's office, and Dreamer pretty much just said like after the attack, after the No Surrender main event, he had requested for an old school rules match against moose and so that's going to be our main event tonight uh we saw myers by myers pay off hernandez for helping him in the tag match against edwards and cardona and since we have hernandez versus cardona today he uh, paid part of that uh like the money for that match and we had Trey Miguel defeat Willie Max Suicide and Daivari. This was just, like it was a, I mean, it was the exhibition style, but it wasn't like that good. Uh, it was like, okay. Mm, like Trey Miguel looked good. And, but like the other three are not like when I was, when I was talking about the, the triple threat revolver match, I specifically said suicide, Daivari, and Willie Mac 
were also there. <laughs> and this is what that match kind of felt like. It was Trey Miguel and those guys that were also there. Uh, Trey Miguel won with a Mirora on Devari. And that was about it. Nothing else I think is special about this match. Uh, after the match, we did see Sammy Callahan uh, walk up to, to Trey Miguel and pretty much tell him that uh, he has no passion and he always fails when it really matters. And Trey Miguel didn't do anything. I I mean, this is obviously a few that they're building. I, I don't know where it's going to lead. I hope it doesn't lead to Trey Miguel turning a heel because that's going to be kind of weird. But uh, I don't know. Like, it shouldn't be long before they finally kick off this feud with actual, like, uh, you know, contact. We saw Ace Austin walk up to Scott Damore and TJP having a conversation. And Ace Austin brought up that, hey, I am the Super X winner. And that's been months, a month. And I still haven't received my title shot. And so... As usually, Scott Damore being the, the dick manager or GM that he is, he said that next week we're going to have a six-man match, three-on-three. Three. The winning team is going to advance to a three-way number one contendership match for TJP's title, um, which, I mean, Ace Austin can get the, the championship shot that way, but it's still not the way he deserves it he already won a tournament to earn the title shot so that's what i'm saying like it's got the more sometimes it's just a huge ass dick um we had mark matt cardona defeat hernandez uh this was a nothing match it lasted really short and it was like super inconsequential uh matt cardona wrestles like it's fucking wwe and it's just boring as fuck uh this is not what i want to watch on impact like Matt Cardona and I don't know like it was just Cardona ran wild for a bit then Hernandez cut him off and then Cardona made a comeback and won with the radio silence that's it nothing special uh Brian Myers and, and Cardona are I wouldn't say like a feud or antagonizing each oh they're antagonizing I just wouldn't say it's a full-on feud but they in, Exchanged some words at the end until Hernandez attacked Cardona and then Eddie Edwards came out for the save and it's just like the same thing all over the place. Uh, they, I really like Myers versus Eddie Edwards, uh, but like Cardona versus Hernandez wasn't good. <laughs> uh, we had our, our weekly AW commercial with Tony Khan and, and Tony Schiavone. Uh, nothing really special. Um, there was a really, really good joke from Tony Khan that he, even he, like, laughed at it. Uh, he was saying that he didn't get much for St. Valentine, but instead he gave a lot of gifts, and one of those was money to impact for this commercial. And he said that Tony Khan can pass this as a shareable donation, and I actually found that really, really funny. And they just uh, ran down the show for Dynamite, like, uneventful. We saw Havoc and Nevaeh. They're, they're backstage and they're talking. After, uh, Nebea has been uh, showing frustration because they keep losing the, to Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. And so it, it does seem like Nebea is not happy being a tag team right now with Havok. And when they were talking, uh, Tenille Dashwood walked up and pretty much antagonized them. And they booked Nebea versus Tenille for later tonight. It's okay. We had... 
the debut of Finn Juice, Juice Robinson, and David Finley defeating Reno Scum, Luster the Legend, and Adam Thornstow. Uh, this is the debut of Finn Juice, and this is the return of Reno Scum, who had been. They took off like two or three months. I haven't seen them in a while. Uh, surely this whole year. So I, I'm okay with Reno Scum. I. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes, like I like them when they were Ace Austin's, uh, like, crew. But when they're by themselves, I I'm okay with them. Like I don't I don't mind. But, uh, but anyway, this was a this was a good introduction to Robinson and Finley. Uh, I thought that Reno Scum got a lot of heat on them, or at least on David Finley, who was the baby face in Pearl. But uh, Juice Robinson came in. They look good. Finley looked good. They won with a like a superplex into a splash of the top rope combo on I think it was on Thorsto, and it was okay. Um, Juice he he was off Wrestle Kingdom for an injury, but he seemed pretty well to now. So good for him. Uh, in my opinion. I think I would have had this as the main event. Maybe not against Reno Scum or even with them, but this kind of felt like a bigger deal than the actual main event. And so I questioned that uh, putting this match in the middle of the show. Uh, well, it wasn't in the middle of the show. It was the top of the hour, so maybe that was the reason. But I don't know. I just kind of felt like this could have been the main event. Uh, because after the match... Uh, the good brothers came down and they were making fun of Finn Juice, calling them young boys, and they tease them for memory like they had to carry Andersons and Gallows backs over in Japan. Uh, and then Robinson and, and Finley just kind of like turn things around and say like, "Hey, like it's not 2015 anymore. We're not young boys, and why don't we go get beers and hell like the first rounds on us? Uh, as long as Anderson can keep up and doesn't like wake up in his like all, with piss all over himself." Sometimes I listen to these promos that uh, the Mercy Machine Guns and that now Finjus do on the Good Brothers. And I always wonder how much of these promos are based on real life. Because, uh, who is it? Like Alex Shelley keeps teasing Anderson also about just being drunk and and pissing himself and stuff like that. So I, I wonder if there's something to it. <laughs> I don't know. But overall, a good debut. Which seems we, I mean, we're we seems to be heading into Fiend Juice versus Good Brothers. I would imagine that is our rebellion match for the tag titles. Um, and I mean, by all means, we may if that happens, we may get Bucks versus Fiend Juice. I don't know. Uh, we had a backstage. Well, it wasn't a backstage. It was, it was in a bar, which I guess is in the backstage. I don't know. But it was Rohi Raju and, and Mahabali Shira. Uh, Raju is blaming Shira for losing the exhibition match at No Surrender and he starts pushing him around and so eventually Shira kind of like pushes him back and Rohit falls onto James Storm who and he like topples his beer and we all know how James Storm reacts when his beer gets toppled and so Storm took out Raju and then Shira and Storm got into face to face Saban had to stop them uh, and that's as far as that went in that specific spot, then Johnny Swinger walked up and he invited Storm and Saban to the Swinger's Palace, his uh, casino, where they did some comedy with Alicia and Falaba. Uh, like, I would imagine we're getting Desi Hit Squad versus Beer Guns next week or maybe in two weeks. 
I don't know why they did the whole Johnny Stringer thing. Uh, I don't think that's going to lead to anything, but I do think we're going to get Desi Hit Squad versus the Beer Guns. Uh, yeah, like maybe next week or two weeks ago uh, in the future. We had Daniel Dashwood defeat Nevea. This was another, uh, it was an okay match, but it was also like another nothing match. Uh, we saw Nevea have the power advantage, but then Caleb helped Dashwood get some heat. And Nevea made a comeback, but uh, she just couldn't keep Dashwood down for the tree count. And so Dashwood hit the the taste of the needle and the spotlight kick for the win. Uh, Nevea's obviously like in a losing streak frustration thing going on. So we'll see where it goes. I hope this doesn't mean that Nevea's also leaving the promotion because that's yet another woman that Impact is losing. Uh, Impact was known to have the best women's roster last year. And now they've lost. Uh, they lost Kaylee Ray. They lost Taya. And I mean, it's not that Nevea is amazing, but you don't, you don't want to lose her. Um, you got a promo from Bylin by the sign. Uh, this was cut by Diener, who is pretty much uh, addressing Jake something and saying like he got invited to, the, to join. He decided not to. And so he has to be punished. And so next week, we're going to have a tables match where it's just, just going to be like family business. Diener is going to be there alone. And if Diener fails, he will fail, like suffer the consequences. And so I that's why I'm saying. Like, I think Diener may win next week, uh, but give a lot. But like something is going to like look really, really good. Either that or Diener will lose get punished and jake something will save him um like to me this just like smells like down the line we're going to see the cody diener babyface turn where he's going to drink a beer and turn his cap around and give her to to eric young i just hope they really don't do it like in a couple of weeks i hope they like that's months in the future um, so we'll see where it goes. I mean, but as for now, we're getting Diener versus Jake something uh, in a tables match. Uh, backstage, we saw Diana Parasso, Kimberly, and Susan uh, talk to Scott Demore, and this is where it's decided that Lee and Susan are going to be in a tag match against Jazz and Jordan Grace for the number one contendership of the tag titles. Uh, and this is where I think like that's gonna leave ODB. By herself so that may be where that goes uh for the next impact plus special i don't know what's going to be the direction but for now we just know that it seems jazz and jordan may be headed into a match with uh hogan and steels which i think jazz versus hogan and steels should be good the interactions <laughs> that sounds good uh, and we got to the main event this was uh, Moose defeating Tommy Dreamer in an old school rules match this was this was actually really weak considering it's the main event it was just like pretty boring it's a weapons match I've complained about weapons matches for a year now uh, and it's not just a weapons match it's a weapons match with Tommy Dreamer who Look, as much passion as he put into the No Surrender main event, it doesn't make him a main eventer. It doesn't mean that we want to see him in the main event. He's just he's just not there anymore. 
Uh, and so this was like Moose just being the shit out of Dreamer for, I don't know, like 10 minutes. And then Dreamer had like one hope spot when he put Moose to a table. And then Moose just recovered and, and got the win. Completely nothing match. Boring main event. That's what I'm saying. Like Finn Juice should have been the main event. But anyway, that was impact for this week. I thought it was actually like a slightly weak show. Uh, there was like two. I guess like there was an amazing match and a good debut. But aside from that, I thought it was uh, a weak-ish show. Uh, we'll see where it picks up. I don't know what show the big show is up next, so I don't know what they're building to. But I do think that at this point we have to start seeing the seeds for rebellion. I rebellion is not that far like long, so. I think we need to start seeing, uh, you know, like those those little seeds planted, and uh, I think we already are like with Moose versus Swan. I think that's a rebellion main event. I just hope that Kenny Omega doesn't get inserted. Uh, Finn Juice versus Good Brothers. I think it's another one. I think TJP versus Ace Austin is going to be the other one. But that is as far as I suspect uh, at this point. We'll see where it goes. But, I mean, that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, there there was the AW's uh, women's tournament, the Japan side. I thought it was a great show. I didn't get to talk about it. Juka uh, Sakasaki beat Meizuru in a great match. Ben, uh, Emi Sakura beat Benny in another great match. Uh, Ryo Mizunami beat Makito in a good match and Aja Khan beat Rin Kadokura in an okay match. The show was really good. One hour, four matches. Go watch it. Uh, it is arguably better than everything that I've seen in AEW <laughs> uh, in a long time. Uh, if you want to get into Joshi, this is a, a good introduction, I guess. Uh, totally recommend it. Uh, I, I may talk about more about this when we have the semifinals takes place but uh yeah go watch it but yeah that's that's it for today and for this week for the wrpx podcast uh go to spotify and itunes to find the podcast and leave a review a like a subscribe uh, a heart whatever they have available uh everything helps share the podcast with your friends uh share the podcast in your wrestling bulletin boards uh, go to DW Revolution on Twitter and and follow me, and we can talk about it, and we can I, I can share my thoughts on the stuff that I'm watching. Uh, there's there's just like so much wrestling that I'm watching right now, and you can go to thewrestlingrevolution.com where you can find the written versions of every uh, show that we talked about this uh, this week, especially this week because there's we didn't have time to like really go in depth on the shows. But you can go there and read the the you know the written versions, and you can comment in the in the discussion board and have longer conversations that Twitter would allow us to. And finally, you can you can go to Figure Four W online where you can find my weekly uh, live results at this point of Impact Wrestling um, every Tuesday night at eight seven Central. I do live. Uh, results for figure for w online for impact so uh i mean there's no interactivity but you know follow it uh you know let let Alvarez and Meltzer know that you got you get a lot of clicks <laughs> the impact gets a lot of clicks 
And so uh, that is it for this week. I hope, like I said, you stay warm, uh, stay safe. If you don't have power or uh, water right now, just be patient. Things are going to get better. And uh, we'll hopefully talk next week where we will not have any more issues like this. Uh, you know, go watch some wrestling. There's a lot of wrestling. Uh, it's understandable. Uh, you know, things are things are hard right now, but go watch some wrestling and be happy and have a pleasant week. And that is it. Thank you. Gracias. Adios. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun. We've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>